Welcome to Stream Police, the podcast where we got the 411 on what movies and TV shows are worth investigating online. I'm John Otney. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Michael Seventy. How you doing, Michael? I'm doing great. Also joining us from MildlyPleased.com is writer and rock and roll extraordinaire, Mr. Colin Westman. How are you doing, Colin? I'm, I'm good. I didn't know I was a rock and roll extraordinaire, but I'll, <laughs> I'll take it. That'd be a cool name for a song, rock and roll extraordinaire. <laughs> I like that he wasn't like a rock and roller extraordinaire. He's just <laughs> like he's the genre rock and roll extraordinaire. Just a connoisseur of rock. So, as you'll probably be able to tell by the name of this podcast, today's episode is a bit of a tribute. I'm sure all of you know by now that Prince has passed on. Uh, if not, I'm sorry that I had to give you that news right now. I'm really surprised that you found this and didn't know that. I get my news from Stream Police. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, we, we got to talk about Prince. He's a musical legend, sexual icon, and... Uh, Voted number one frontman of all time by the August 2004 issue of Spin Magazine. Oh, wow. You guys read a lot of Spin? <laughs> uh, only 2005 on, so <laughs> I did not catch that. I only know that because I used to own this one copy of Spin Magazine, and it's the only copy I ever bought, but I know, like, I've remembered, like, every article from it <laughs> because it's such a time capsule of that era. Like, the hives are on the cover. Okay. There's an interview with, like, Let's talk to Zach Braff about his new movie, Garden State. <laughs> and there's like, on the road with Polyphonic Spree. Wow. And then there's an ad for this PlayStation 2, like, beat-making game with J.C. Chazé. <laughs> I'm just interested to know, like, how many buses did the Polyphonic Spree have when they were on the road? <laughs> Is it like a fleet of buses? I think they had just yeah. one. It was like a huge bus. That was like a Greyhound. But they make the people who, like, play the bells walk. You know what I mean? Like, everybody who's just, like, <laughs> has, like, you walk? a little half tambourine. Yeah, they just, <laughs> like, stow them away in the luggage compartment. <laughs> I think that tour was also um, opening for David Bowie, too. So that must have been no, a whole wow. show. Hmm. Must have taken so, like, that's probably the only show where the opening act takes so much more setup than the, the closer. <laughs> Yeah, were there like a lot of small gigs for Polyphonic Spree at the beginning? Like just in a cramped little space. It's like 9,000 people. Well, I would think the band would grow as their popularity also grew. It's funny because yeah. I bet now it's reversed. Yeah, it's like they got to cut out members. Well, the guy has to do all the gigs. instruments. Mm-hmm. It's got one of those things where you like press a pedal and there's a cymbal on your back. <laughs> Anyways, a little off topic. Uh, I brought that up, though, because they did vote Prince the number one frontman of all time. And why not? He could do it all. He was an amazing guitarist, amazing singer, amazing songwriter. So we're going to talk about Purple Rain today. Um, and I invited you, Colin, because you seem like you're pretty pretty into Prince. I know you got some Minnesota blood in you as well. You're, you're just a descendant of two Minnesota people. Yeah, I even have family members that saw Prince play it first avenue when he was starting out awesome i thought you were gonna say like oh look at their house and stuff like they like they knew him that well <laughs> they like, just hung out, he, hung out with Prince. colin's dad is morris day <laughs> pretty sure my dad is the exact opposite of morris day <laughs> morris knight the enemy morris day's wario uh, so colin what point did you get into prince was there like you, was there a moment was there like epiphany like you look at a poster and you're like, I need to know what that is. I don't 
think so. I mean, he's one of those guys uh, that you kind of always knew growing up, being that we grew up in the 90s, even though like he wasn't like a dude that was as cool at that point. But I think if there was a turning point for me, it was seeing him on that uh, was it 2004 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction thing where he played that guitar solo on while my guitar gently weeps was that that or was that the concert for george i think it was i think it was it was rock hall of fame or did you do it both probably okay whatever amazing guitar solo (laughs) yeah i think that was it where you're like whoa this guy's legit because you kind of knew him or at least i did as just like a pop singer songwriter guy but then you're like well this guy's like an actual musician like and that is kind of a thread you find when you get deeper into Prince is that he was just like so into just his music. Like his image was an important part, but he made so many albums. And I feel like I don't have that much business calling myself like a Prince aficionado or anything because I really only listened to the 80s stuff. And he's he made like 30 albums after that <laughs> that I haven't listened to. <laughs> What I have heard seems fine. I'm sure it's not all essential, but yeah, very prolific guy. I mean, he did a lot of stuff in the '80s too, though. I, like, have you heard of some of like his earliest albums, like the uh, first two or three? I haven't heard his first two. "Dirty Minds," the first one I've heard, which is kind of the album where he sort of became Prince. Started writing these super raunchy. I think I'm raunchy. familiar with the cover. Yeah, that <laughs> <laughs> that cover is actually what I I remember. Like, I really wanted to buy it on CD when I was a teenager, but I was too embarrassed to just from like what the clerk at the record store or whatever would think about me. And it's like, I'm sure that dude, this hypothetical dude would have known Prince and would have known that it was a good album if he had any business working at a record store. But what were you afraid of? though? Like, I don't gonna... know. He'd just be like, dude, you're gay. I... <laughs> Like I guess I don't know. That's such a terrible record store clerk. Like, yeah, just the so Like, is he, is he like? Yeah, it's funny. You work at a record store. He had like the worst like opinions and taste in music. Most homophobic like asshole. <laughs> hey man, I was gonna say this album, but you're a dude. No gays allowed in my record store. Jesus, get out. <laughs> And then he starts blasting Dave Matthews Band on your way. I love that because as soon as you said blasting Dave Matthews Band, I immediately imagined the ants marching opening, and that's exactly what you did. What about you, Michael? Uh, well, it's your Prince journey. <laughs> my Prince journey. Uh, well, obviously, like as a kid, you kind of just know him because of pop culture. Like he's in. You know Batman and, and like, oh his, yeah, you know he's hanging out with the Muppets, <laughs> like Muppets Tonight, right? Like I think I've seen that. Yeah, you know, like the you see this guy on TV like dressed all in in purple with crazy hair, and he's and you hear like uh, you know when doves cry, and you're like, oh okay, so that's what Prince is. But um, when I was first like getting into music, <laughs> this sounds. This maybe explains a lot about me, but I, I got a lot of uh, my music recommendations from a Weezer message board <laughs> that I used to be a member really? of. Yeah, like in middle school. It was a weird Weezer message board where everybody hated Weezer because they, <laughs> they were just so mad at them. And then, But they would all just talk about other stuff they're listening to. It was complicated, but... 
there's this guy on there who was obsessed with Prince and like he would post like all these bootleg uh, stuff that the the other fans would like share and he had like this weird uh, version of his canon where he was like oh you know 1999 is great but you should also check out the truth it's like this acoustic album that he put out and and you know uh, like uh, I don't know diamonds and pearl like all these and I ended up listening to those like way before and way more than I listened to like you know purple and like I only heard uh, controversy after he died like and you know so like i mean i, I like S- sign of the time like i like a lot of his his big albums too and i like caught up with those but like you know he has just like colin was saying he just has so many albums that like i can't say that i've like i'm a prince fan fanatic like the way that a lot of prince fans are that are that know every single thing he's ever released but the sliver of it that i have heard i'm really into you know Oh yeah, he's definitely one of those guys where I could believe it if someone's like, "Oh, you got to check out his 16th album." It's actually he's it's like it's his secret his secret best one. You don't even know. Oh yeah, it's like I could totally believe it because he's got so much <laughs> pouring out of him at all times. Yeah, and I'm sure there was some like great stuff later on. Just like it's how are you gonna find it? Like you got to go through just so much content to get there. Oh yeah, fucking hundred albums there. <laughs> okay, and if we're talking about like levels of Prince fandom, I'm definitely like on the lower end. Not because I'm not a fan, but like I just I I don't personally really know that much i've probably heard purple rain and 1999 and i think i made it through most of sign of the times it is a double album though so it's, yeah it's i remember we talked about it on a top 10 thursdays mm-hmm. podcast once like top 10 i really like that one song i think it was top 10 albums of the late 80s very specific, specific. like 1987 <laughs> to or 1986 or no, it was 84 it was 85 to 89 <laughs> Well, you got to cover as much ground as possible, so split it into two. But it was like we weren't, we didn't want to do the whole decade. That was too much ground. So we're like, how about we split it into a half decade? We'll do oh, yeah. the early '80s later. But we never did. <laughs> so you went backwards. We were to do the last, the back half first, and then never did the first. Yeah, that doesn't half. make any sense. I remember we did it in honor of the movie Rock of Ages coming out. Because <laughs> that movie was yeah, way to date the a podcast. 80s. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you honored Rock of Ages. <laughs> <laughs> it deserved it, man. It's good. In Maybe knowledge. I never saw it. Uh, but, at uh, least, yeah, Sign of the Times, though. Great, great little record there. Great big record. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I think my uh, experiences with Prince was the same early on, where it's like you know I'm more for like just being this this figure in music who like oh he changed his name to a symbol you can't pronounce he's he's eccentric i didn't really know he was like a great musician yeah probably until that that guitar solo um but then it took me a little bit longer it probably wasn't until maybe like late high school that i um listened uh to 1999 which is an album i really love oh yeah and then it probably wasn't even until like two years ago that i i felt like i was really appreciating prince because i went to go i went to sasquatch music festival Mm. And me and Autumn saw Princess, which is a Prince cover band with Maya Rudolph. Oh, yeah. And that was really interesting, especially because they don't do a lot of his, like, hits. Like, they do mostly his most sexual songs, like, is their (laughs) shtick. Like, I wasn't familiar with the song, like, Jack You Off. (laughs) Yeah. 
I couldn't even believe that was a real song. I was like, this is a joke one, right? They must throw in some joke ones, too. It's like, no, that's a real song. Uh, they did play Purple Rain, so that was awesome. But it was mostly like, like yeah, Jack You Off, like dance music, sex romance. And that really made me appreciate Prince just because, like, wow, he's got so much stuff I don't even know about that's, like, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of... Uh, you know, reopen the door, and I, I feel like that's when I really became like, like not a poser so much. <laughs> I mean, I still haven't heard a lot, but like I feel like I, I get I get it now. You know, because yeah. he's I I can imagine him being like maybe hard to get in for like some people. I don't know. Yeah, for certain record um, store clerics. For certain <laughs> record store clerics, sure, definitely, maybe. and certain certain forms, maybe I don't know. <laughs> oh God, I almost make this. Oh, there's something I, I can remember. It's on the tip of my brain. <laughs> Colin, do you remember one time there's some there's something with the Prince forums where there's like a. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, this was something we talked about on that podcast. We oh, did. we did. Okay, so, so what was up with the Prince forums? The Prince? That was interesting. <laughs> that's something to do with you investigating the origins of the beat used on Housequake. And its yes. similarities to Hollaback Girl by Gwen Stefani. <laughs> A little bit of detective work. Yeah. And it was like you saw that someone asked the question of like, is that the same beat? Is she like sampling Housequake? And then someone responded like, no, you fucking idiot. It's the same, like, totally different song, you fucking moron. That guy's probably the okay. record store clerk, man. <laughs> so it was just that they're really brutal. I think what yeah. I must be thinking about is just how, you know, you've always heard about people trying to put up Prince videos on YouTube, and he was very protective about his yeah. his music <clears throat> and where it was used, which I guess is fair. It is a little disappointing that now I can't go on YouTube and watch, like, all his music videos, unless they're, like, on his website or I don't know where to find that all that stuff. Yeah, that's the thing, is that he, at this point, with the way that he was very, uh, he, he, I think more so than any artist of his star power, or like of his, you know, fame, he really clamped down on that stuff. And like, now, you pretty much have to, I guess iTunes maybe would be the place, and Title Title is the, um, you know, the, I think, the home of his discography now, but like, uh, but nobody has title, <laughs> and uh, you kind of just have to look for the physical ones now, or just you know go through your old uh, Hotmail account and see where the guy on the Weezer forum emailed you, uh, <laughs> two thousand era Prince album, <laughs> you know. But like, it's probably uh, been taken down by the. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that link works anymore. <laughs> but yeah, but you know. It's uh, that's that's a journey I'm willing to take though. I'll, I'll go to the I'll go crate digging to find the to find love sexy and bring it to the front counter and face whatever wrath I have to face <laughs> what? by what? Colin's arch nemesis. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I feel like even though that does disappoint me a little bit, I also respect it because it means. You want to like check out Prince? You gotta commit. Yeah. You're gonna you gotta buy an album or like become a member of Title or whatever. You gotta commit if you want to hear it. And I can appreciate that. Sure. You know, because like people really don't buy music that much anymore, mm. and that industry is really kind of broken. So I think it's it's nice to see someone with I guess a little integrity, um, even if it does come off as a little stubborn sometimes. So I can definitely respect that. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good kind of introduction to where we stand 
with Prince. <laughs> Sounds weird when I say it like that. So let's 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 dive right into Purple Rain. Prince in his first motion picture. Before he created the music, he lived every bit of it. Okay, Purple Rain. So Purple Rain is the story of the kid, a hot-tempered musician trying to make a name for himself in mid-80s Minneapolis. Was that like a, was that like a hot scene? I don't know. Well, yeah. But it's interesting because it almost seems like a scene that Prince kind of made himself. <laughs> like everyone in he that scene. He made it so there was a scene. Yeah, basically. Because like everyone in that scene was connected to him in some way. And I mean, there was also like the punk thing going on at the same time with Booster Do and the replacements and all that stuff. But that was on the underground side of Minneapolis music. Those are some of my favorite uh, eulogies of Prince that I've seen in the past couple of weeks are Bob Mould and uh, Paul Westerberg, like given their kind of Minneapolis, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, like Paul Westerberg, like recorded at the Paisley Park studio i guess for one of his solo albums and like he ran it he would chat with prince sometimes which is like the weirdest thing in the world to imagine like paul Hesterberg wearing like buttoned up flannel all the way and like shitty jeans and shit and like prince in some magnificent robe or whatever and then but like apparently paul Westerberg found out that his friend had died and it was really broken up about it and then one day he came into the studio and prince had filled it all with balloons and i don't know that's pretty cool I don't know. Yeah, I also liked Paul Westerberg's account of the first time he met Prince was in the bathroom at a urinal, and he's just like, hey, what's up, Prince? And Prince is just like, life. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Um, Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Um, So going into this movie, it was interesting because uh, as a teenager, I never really knew what Purple Rain was. I mean, I obviously knew it was a film, but like, I, I thought it was like kind of more like a song remains the same kind of thing, like that Zeppelin movie yeah. where it's like, it'll just be like Prince performing, and then it'll probably cut to him in like a medieval forest on a horse. I didn't know this was like, <laughs> for the longest time, I didn't know this is a movie, there's characters, it has like a, a plot, well. and sort of... <laughs> And Prince like genuinely acts, so I guess I can I can go a little bit more into that. So he's the kid. Uh, he plays at that was the First Avenue, Seventh Street. Yeah, it's First, First Avenue. Club. Yeah, and that's a real place. Now that I'm he- I'm hearing this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's, totally. it seems pretty cool. It's this it's this cool nightclub, and there's basically th- I guess three house bands. There's three bands that seem to play like all the time. Yeah. And it's the Revolution, and that's the kids' band. And then there's More Stay in the Time, and there's some other band that you see like once. I don't. They just play a bunch of keytars. I don't remember what their shtick <laughs> was. They're very. They're very 80s. Um, and the kid, you know, he's trying to make his music like really reach the people and relevant. Uh, but everyone really likes the Time. They're the exciting group. You know, they got their uh, Jungle Love song, which is a great song, by the way. Awesome song. Uh, I'll point out right off the way that I think it's ridiculous that they're like, oh, this guy's just not bringing him anymore. This guy's just not as good. Like, <laughs> and he's up there 
like with his shirt off, like doing guitar solo, like behind his back. It's like this is like the best show I've ever seen. It's insane. In what universe is this not a good show? <laughs> cut it, man. Also, why does a club only have three bands all the time? Like, no wonder people aren't gonna you know, keep going. Like, if you only have three bands, then again, people are going to see the time every night. <laughs> I mean, Morris Day does do like a, it's like a, that's that dance he does, and everybody does it at the same yeah. time, where it's like kind of your shoulders out. Yeah, that's amazing, yeah. So maybe that's what that's what the revolution is missing, is they didn't have like the synchronized dance sequence. I just imagine Soul Asylum outside being like, hey, man, come on, one of these nights, just a fourth band. <laughs> like, you know. <laughs> these nights we're going to play. So he's struggling in his music, and he's also struggling at home. His dad is this former musician, and he's like the most abusive guy beating up his mom and it's just like really dark i had no idea this was going to be that dark like just like punching her all the time and like what's also really creepy is the kid is afraid he's going to kind of turn into that like be uh you know washed up and abusive and he is kind of abusive and that's something i'll talk about a little later that i didn't like about the film is kind of the misogyny but at the same time like i can understand and it's like that's his struggle is to not become that person. Yeah. You know, it, like in, when they say it in like in Dove's Cry, you know, like there's a line about what's the line? His father. Maybe I'm just like my, my father. father. There you go. It finally bold. makes sense. <laughs> so there you go. That's what he's afraid of becoming. And then he meets a woman, Ap- Apollonia, yeah. I think is her name, which... <clears throat> I don't know if that was like one of Prince's real life girlfriends or, or maybe it was he wanted his girlfriend in the movie and she was like a replacement. Well, it was originally written for Vanity and she didn't okay. want to. I, I actually don't know the story of why she didn't do it, but it, yeah. I feel like I may have read that maybe she was like going to college or something. Is that what it was? Weird. Yeah. Okay. I don't know how young all these people are. I don't even know how old young Prince is supposed to be in this movie because he lives with his parents, <laughs> but he's got to be like. 24 or 5 when he's doing this yeah i mean you know i guess if times are tough there's nothing wrong with living with your parents but it's like you play this cool rock band every night like yeah i know it's just it was just surprising i guess like is he supposed to be like 18 like his, his name's the kid true and legally you can't be named the kid <laughs> if you are 18 or older you'd have to change so his name maybe to he adult. is supposed to be like 18 and 19 um oh and he also has a, like the, the greatest motorcycle in the history of oh, motorcycles yeah. It is so sweet. It's purple. Uh, I don't know where he got it, but it's. I want it. It's amazing. There's definitely a scene where he rides it at Dove's Cry is playing. Oh, so <laughs> One of the best scenes. Uh, so, yeah, he's he's trying to make his music take off, and he's also trying to woo Apolline, Apollonia. That's tough. And uh, I think she, she wants to start her music career, too, and she's also kind of like a dancer, but he's not very respectful of that, which... It's just another one of the reasons why he's kind of a shitty character. Like, he's not very nice to her. I don't know what she ever sees in him. Is, is there anything he does that's like, oh, well, you got to be with that guy? Honestly, I think it's just he's Prince, you know? Like, he, he she sees him on stage, and I think the whole thing is she is just, like, he's, he's so talented and so cool. Like, that's the appeal. And then, you know, he is, he is just like his father as uh you know as it happens and she kind of like goes uh justifiably so uh kind of pushes him away so they have their budding relationship meanwhile you have morris day who is hilarious he's a hilarious character 
He's so eccentric. He has the weirdest <clears throat> laugh. <laughs> in about 90% of his scenes, he's wearing a really big coat, but his arms won't be in the sleeves. You know, that, like that way fancy people wear coats where it's just kind of draped <laughs> over your shoulders. Yeah, seriously. I, I Yeah. <laughs> no, that's that. <laughs> no, I just... I'm... I was just blown away this time by like how how incredible Morris Day is as a performer, not only in the music scenes because you know like obviously he's he's great at that you know and musically like the, the everything that time does in the movie is awesome but just as an actor I, I thought he just he murdered it I thought he was amazing there's this great like it could only happen in 1984 in a movie that Prince stars in, but there's this who's on first homage with Morris Day and his friend. That's just like, they totally nail it. It's I, I prefer it to who's on first. I think that Morris Day is like, they're the Abbott and Costello of, of the eighties. They fucking, and there's just so many moments like that throughout the movie where I'm like, you know what? I think the club guy has a point. I think I would maybe rather see Morris Day, but then, you know, like Prince does amazing performances too. And then I'm like, oh, no, no, I'm, I'm on the kid's side. But yeah, like seriously, it's it's just incredible. I wish that Morris Day had had like a film career after this. I'm glad you brought up that bit. I was trying to remember um, exactly what it was. Was it they were trying to come up with like a password for like when he was, yeah. it's time for him to like see chicks or something? Yeah, and it's like, well, the password is, the, you know, the password's okay, okay? Or no, the pass, you know, one of those. Yeah, it just goes on and on. And it's a great scene with him and his assistant guy who guys do everything for him and he's kind of presented as the villain but if you really put them side by side like like he actually gives apollonia like the chance to do her music i mean of course from the kid side it looks like oh well he's putting another in another artist to try to take me away from this venue so i can't keep playing here yeah but at the same time like from the other side it looks like oh he's giving someone an opportunity even if like all he cares about is like how well they can shake their ass or something, I think there's a scene where he's, he's a like, pretty creepy. No, guy. you gotta shake it right. He's incredibly creepy, and he's he's misogynistic too. There's a scene where like he just has his assistant throw a woman in a dumpster, yeah. and I guess that's yeah, supposed to be like a joke. It's a but yeah. it it just comes off as kind of disturbing. It's a very confused screenplay, I think, in the way that it you know pits protagonist antagonist against each other. I think it was kind of. It seems like it's not even so much first drafty so much as it is just kind of like ideas that haven't really coalesced yet. So you just get this, like, half the time I'm like, I don't know what the conflict is right here when he's like in the alley and he pushes him on the motorcycle, you know, like, no. On top of that, it's like the worst love story, <laughs> like, in any movie. Like, I think about that scene, that should be like the scene where they really fall in love, where Prince takes apollonia he's like oh you know that famous line about what is it purify in the waters of lake minnetonka and he has to like jump in that like cold shallow like river it's all gross and he like laughs and then starts kind of riding away on his motorcycle yeah but then he like comes back it's like oh i'm just joking around it's like god what a douche (laughs) but he's like cute (laughs) yeah yeah and really well dressed this better like been nominated for some costume like Oh, yeah. Costume Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen uh, Prince accepting the Oscar for this? Oh, no. I did win. Yeah, I won an Oscar for like uh, a category that doesn't exist anymore. Something about songs, original songs, maybe. Yeah, it was uh, for a uh, um, song score, like, which is, uh, yeah. Okay. But no, I'm not familiar with the. I've the seen speech. it. He, he seems so shy in it. 
Yeah, like that's the thing is he goes up there and he's he's just kind of like looking around. You know, he's it's like uh, I think Fred Armisen actually had a, a pretty good like handle on on that aspect of him and his impression of Prince. You know, like just mm-hmm. he, like he is just a very like shy dude. <laughs> Just like whispering in someone's ear. Yeah, which is why it's amazing when he, in the movie, like obviously when you when you look at Prince as a musician, like he's in, he plays like 27 different instruments and he's great at all of them and he has this great vocal range and as an arranger and producer and all that. But like I, I wouldn't hesitate to say that like his greatest gift might be just as a performer like it, when he does darling nikki it's fucking incredible like i was just like in the theater like i i wanted to just do fucking windmills man I was like, which is inappropriate for this other song but like i, just, I was like jumping out of my seat like yeah how did i so you saw in a in a theater recently i know that like amc theaters did that where they re-released it what was that experience like uh well i actually i saw it at just like a local kind of okay yeah but like uh it was cool because it was actually uh me and some buddies went and it was we were almost the only ones in there but then like for for the beginning at least and then like five minutes in uh a bunch of people kind of came into the back row and i was like oh man is this gonna ruin it are they gonna be like here to I don't know what I was worried about, but like for some reason I was like, oh man, is this going to be like the ironically watching Purple Rain crowd or whatever? We're going to like riff track. <laughs> yeah, riff right. That, but then like, but it was, it ended up being awesome because like the moment where like the climactic scene where they uh, play Purple Rain, finally, it's just uh, like I could feel what they were feeling. Like it was, everybody was just on board with it and it is just fucking transcendent you know like so it, it was cool because uh it made me realize uh you know that this movie it does have just amazing uh performance scenes and it also kind of made me wish that maybe this movie was just performance scenes but <laughs> uh but yeah i recommend it big screen purple rain I'm sure the performances are great. I feel like the film was actually pretty well photographed too, yeah. at least in terms of the music performances. I don't know who the, the director of photography was, but it looks really good. Um, I, part of me almost wonders if it would have been better if it was what I thought it was when I was a teenager, which was like a kind of like a concert film mixed in with uh, w- random footage. But then you wouldn't get like Morris Day. So yeah. there is there's definitely some pros to having it be this weird oddball rock and roll story for sure and i think maybe i i wouldn't necessarily want them either to make it like a full-blown like oh let's like uh do like a huge rock opera thing because that would also kind of go you know there, there's if you don't get to see like prince riding around on his purple motorcycle then you kind of lose a lot of what prince is you know <laughs> so I don't know. There's there's an argument to be made, I guess. Maybe it just needs to be a, a richer plot, but or just it, it's either like no plot at all or a better plot <laughs> is the way to go. Because yeah, the plot is a little is a little flimsy. I'm not even sure what he really does to kind of um, win over Apolina. A- a- I, I guess I guess just F- Purple Rain just solves everything essentially. <laughs> if I remember, that's the message. Yeah. It's just... All you gotta do is play that song, yeah. and then something's like, "Okay, you you get to play here, 
uh, forever. Also, she loves you now. And more stays pissed. I don't know. He's he kind of dis- disappears. Yeah, like Purple Rain. <laughs> the making the song is his reckoning with uh, with with who his father is and how he doesn't want to be his father and how he you know did Apollonia wrong and then you know it's, it's I don't know it. It, it it works like in a music video kind of way, and it, you know I think that's just kind of the 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 gear that the movie kind of rides on. That's interesting you point at music video because it definitely I could definitely this definitely feels like when you're watching like a music video that has like a little bit of like some like acting or story before the music video starts. Right. But like if you strung together enough of that to make an entire movie, but you didn't really like take the time to make sure that it's all like cohesive. Yeah. So. Yeah. You, you kind of just have like a bunch of amazing performances strung together with like sometimes like comedic sometimes like the darkest drama imaginable yeah like i believe there's a scene where his dad uh, it was, it was i wasn't sure like what they're communicating visually but it looked like he like tried to shoot himself in the head yeah he, he attempts suicide yeah. Oh my god! And then, but then it's like his wife's like by his side though. It's like I mean I understand she loves him at the same time. It's like God, but he's so horrible to you. Like why are you by his side? I don't Some know. Some big tonal shifts. <laughs> big big tonal shifts, and they happen often. I wonder how much of that was like Prince though. I don't. It's, he's not like credited as a writer on the film. Yeah, I noticed. Like yeah. Though I did hear like he had like a big note purple notebook of ideas he'd always be writing down <laughs> for movie movie stuff. Yeah. But you know, I don't know that it's necessarily like my vision is to do this weird, like, dark, screwball, misogynistic uh, mishmash. I mean, I feel like it was more just whoever, like, took on the project, the director and whatever writers. And Prince was just like, I'll, you know, just put me out there and I'll do what I can do because I'm a performer. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put him at blame too, um, too much for any of the weird shit in this movie. <laughs> I mean, I have to imagine he had a fair amount of input into the movie yeah. just knowing that he was as obsessed with control and all that stuff as much as he was yeah yeah i mean that's a good point like you look at like even like as as a musician like the the music that prince did for like the time like he'd do all the instruments mm-hmm. it wasn't even his like this was supposed to be another <laughs> band and then morris day would just sing um, so and then like yeah, the next so movies know. he did he directed so um. that's true so he must have had input but for, I don't know it's, it's weird he didn't direct this one though he didn't he's not listed as a writer yeah I think I maybe know. with Under the Cherry Moon and like Graffiti Bridge maybe he got in the director's chair because he felt like he should have directed Purple Rain like maybe that's the thing he was like I don't know because of his his kind of artistic nature he wanted to exert that not that he didn't with purple rain the movie but maybe just more so and he just wanted complete control like yeah i don't know yeah i actually looked up the director to this film and saw that really the only other thing he did that i was that familiar with was he directed most of tango and cash i saw that isn't that interesting <laughs> <laughs> like the dude they got some dude and then they fired him like three months in so he did all the good parts probably i bet he did all the good parts there's parts like the opening of this where (laughs) it's just like the they're about to play uh let's go crazy and like it's just like those quick flashes of the band like that guy i was so into it and just the 
montage of uh, Morris Day getting ready while they're playing it. I, I was totally into that. I think he, he did a good job with all the concert scenes. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it is. I guess then it's it's well directed and well shot. It's just not well written, and we'll we'll never truly know how much Prince. I we that's probably actually well documented. So like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we're saying. I guess it's just one of those mysteries. We just didn't take Nobody the time knows. to read about it. It's impossible to. <laughs> it just it's tough for me to like say those kind of things now that he's dead to be like, oh well, he was a terrible like like writer in that way. But well, no, like, yeah, I mean. He can only do so much. And, like, the fact that he's so good at music, like, the fact that he can even do anything else at all, like, is amazing. Because, like, acting-wise, I thought he was okay. Yeah, like, no, I thought... He's just doing his, his thing. I was fine with that. I feel like he's... he's Yeah, he's fine in this movie, but I remember it's, it kind of comes down to, like, the material is a little too overdramatic or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. too overwrought for, like, a just, like, okay actor to pull off. Yeah. I don't know. You know, something I did feel, um, most of the women characters, for some reason, I feel like really bad yeah. when it came to like the moments where they really need to deliver their lines and their character and everything. Um, yeah, I, like a, I mean, yeah. so Prince is out <laughs> acting them, I guess. Well, yeah, but like, in, not, and I'm not saying that this like excuses it, but you also got to figure that like, it's not like Jill Jones was ever thinking of being an actress <laughs> you know what i mean like, i don't know I, but though on the other hand morris day is just a musician and he i think he should have fucking gotten best actor best supporting actor that year like i am he's so incredible <laughs> so. i love it whenever you see a movie with someone in it who kind of like almost invents their own way of acting like how acting yeah. is done like it's so unlike other things you've seen before. Totally. So, yeah, just kudos to him. So much kudos. And it's too bad because I thought I read uh, on the Wikipedia that for some reason he wasn't invited to the premiere. That's... He had to, like, pr- get a ticket some other way. That's to the, to the big show. Murder? What are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. That's just, like, a weird little side note. I have no idea... What that means, I I feel like him and Prince were always like pretty tight, so I don't know. What well, happened. they they had kind of like a, it, after well not not like directly after Purple Rain, but like in the late eighties they kind of fell out a little bit, but then they sort of got back in the. You know, it's not like there there was a, like time albums in the nineties or anything, so maybe that you know explains that. But yeah, they they kind of have like an up and down a little bit relationship. Here, hold on a minute, guys. We'll be back. Okay. Pizza time. Pizza time. Is John just going to eat an entire pizza and then we wait? <laughs> Maybe. We did an episode of <laughs> was it Pitching Tents where John's brother Paul was on it and he ate an entire bag of Chex Mix <laughs> while he was doing it. It's incredibly distracting. Like, that's the like noisiest the cr- snack, too. It's, it's the crunchiest food. Sorry, it's guys. Good. Just talking about Paul eating Chex Mix on a podcast. <laughs> How did you get to that? Because <laughs> we were saying that you were going to just eat the entire pizza. <laughs> it was not the pizza yet. So I, that might still uh, happen. At least pizza soft. I'm crossing my fingers for you. Right. Before that. 
I'm not going to be eating pizza while I'm doing this. <laughs> there should be a podcast called Pizza and Prince, and it's just people talking about a different Prince album each week. Um, you know what I like? <laughs> Okay, I, we were talking about Mars Day, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'll just go with... Um... I'm going to keep all this in. Keep all this in. Okay, we'll keep all this in. <laughs> I like it. It's funny. Okay, we're talking about Mars Day. I, I wonder if their rivalry in the movie became real or something. I don't know. <laughs> I think Jungle Love was It there. was. It was uh, that uh, ice cream castle. I uh, I got that album for like seven bucks in uh, in Japan. 700 yen, I guess. That is the best place to just buy like a real yeah. Album. And an ice cream castle is the best place so cool. to uh, to be. <laughs> I bet. I should check out a Time album. I didn't really check out any other albums. I bet it's but it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's just straight up like awesome funk pop goodness, you know, just party music. I get it's just Prince basically, but instead of Prince, it's more. <laughs> I remember I saw a copy of What Time Is It yeah. at a record store like a week or two before Prince died. And I was like, should I buy this? Mm. I bet that's what killed him. And I deeply regret it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, basically, it's basically a Prince yeah. album. I mean, he does he does everything. You know, I thought I read, though, about Purple Rain that um, it was one of his, his first albums where some of the other people that he worked with, their contributions, like, kind of shine through sure. a little bit and they're actually performing on some of the tracks like i thought i read that purple rain was recorded live and then they added stuff to it you know yeah since you're kind of bringing yeah. that up like maybe we should talk a little bit about our relationship with purple rain the album because you know maybe that will inform you know our views on the movie sure i mean that's the best part yeah. of it like that's what makes it worth seeing is the music like we haven't really gotten into it. i've mostly been talking the things i don't like about it uh the music is is incredible it's some of his best yeah. uh those all the music scenes are amazing i don't think i've sat down and actually listened to the album in a while i probably should yeah. i feel like i'm fairly familiar with it like though. you i think if you the best way to look at the movie is just kind of like a special feature to the album you know like it's just like a little bonus I think so. Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it. I remember I actually had to write about the album a while ago on the blog when I was mm-hmm. doing uh, my ongoing series of the top 50 best-selling albums of all time. Yeah. And I did say that like the movie is sort of like a companion piece to the soundtrack, even though it's usually the other way around with most <laughs> movies, where the soundtrack is just this other little thing that gets tied to the movie. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's weird how Purple Rain, the album, has outlived the movie. Yeah. You know, that's something something I was trying to figure out that I couldn't get a really good answer on is were a lot of these songs already floating around, and he's like, I'm going to make an album, and then I'll make a movie to that album? Or was it like, I have these songs, let's just do a movie, and then I'll make you know, a soundtrack to it? Like, Well, it is. Yeah. Was, Sorry. No, I, was oh. just, I don't know. <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's why you ended with a question mark. I don't know. <laughs> I was like, go on. Uh, I mean, it is, it is like a soundtrack album. Like, it, it's... Well, I'll, I'll, I mean, it is a studio... It is a Prince album, though. Like, it's hard to... I, I guess that's the... Are, are you just asking, like, chronologically, like, what came first, the idea for the movie? No, I think I think you answered my question. That it was... It was the movie was the, the, the idea, essentially, and this was, like the soundtrack to the yeah. the movie 
as opposed to like I'm gonna make an album and then there's maybe like a movie. Sure, yeah, it. I think that's. So I, I think I understand it a little more because I, I I don't know why, but I was struggling with that because I wasn't sure, but now I now I know, now I'm happy. <laughs> it's gonna be weird, you know. I haven't. I just finished watching the movie like you know a little bit earlier today. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting listening to the album now and not thinking of the movie. I don't think that's going to make it worse or anything. I mean, it's great. It's just, it'll be an interesting experience. I think it, like, if you listen to I Would Die For You, and like, which is already on its own a great song, but now you listen to it and it, you see Prince like doing those incredible moves and just like glistening with like that, that sweat that like for some reason is like, I think he naturally sweated that movie star kind of, you know, like as a weird perspiration that only like him and like Harrison Ford in Temple of Doom have, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's, uh, that's like a great image to have going along with that. So, I mean, the one way that the movie's tied to that album for me is I always think about the beginning of the song, Take me with you, where I hear those drums going, and I just imagine Prince driving his motorcycle like, through the woods. Yeah, but otherwise, I mostly, I don't know, I'm able to separate those songs from the movie. I guess because I was so familiar with the album for a lot of years before I actually saw the movie, it took me a while. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That motorcycle. You know, there's a scene where he's he's riding that motorcycle. If, if I can just have a minute to <laughs> through an alleyway, and time. he's wearing the outfit that he's wearing on the album cover, and I was like, "Is he gonna pose in the exact <laughs> position with the exact lighting, like from the album cover? Is it just gonna be like yeah. that? Like it's gonna be, and that's where the picture comes from? But it didn't quite work out that way. But still, God, that that. All that purple, those costumes. Oh, yeah. That's my problem with that plot. It's like you're not you're not pulling him in like you used to. It's like well, first, it's like how old is this guy too? He's like is this character supposed to be like eighteen? Like what? You're not pulling him like how how young was he when he's pulling them in? Yeah. Not pulling them in like you were in middle school. <laughs> There's still a lot of people there all the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, too bad they never did like a little kid prince movie. <laughs> like a flashback. <laughs> the little kids. They did. They did make a move. They did make the Little Prince, but like, I don't think that's. That's bullshit. He was not anywhere in that movie. It's bullshit. So yeah, I think that's probably the way to appreciate Purple Rain as as a companion piece. Like you have this great album, and you have like this fun like bonus feature. I mean, we talked about some of the good stuff in it. Morris Day is funny. Yeah. Uh, it's shot pretty well. I'm struggling to find something else that would like like, I also like it just because you get a look into the Minneapolis scene of that uh, era because it's all on location and stuff and that's cool it almost makes me wish that maybe this movie is like a documentary just about First Avenue or something still get the concert scenes and not all the lame storytelling but whatever yeah yeah I would love to know if that third band is <laughs> what it is is like i and i'm not like super familiar i'm, I'm i i think it'd be 
awesome if I, I just like broke out like the history of <laughs> this obscure thing but it's des dickerson who it, it was the band is called des dickerson and the modern airs the modern air yeah modern airs and like he was part of the revolution and that's like his side band like that's his you know i, I know what guy you're talking right. about he's the headband guy right from the 1999 video <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just answering the question. I mean, we, I feel like we hit on like everything in this movie. Um, you got to check out the performances. Everything else is just like little fun, little extra things. Um, so I, I give it like I'd like recommend it. Yeah, I I think I, you hit the nail on the head. I'd, I'd recommend it as a companion piece. Like, just uh, it's actually a great thing that the there's that. Cl- clash movie that is kind of like the purple rain of the clash where it's like there is a narrative but there's also just the concert footage uh rude boy and there's an option on the dvd where you can where it says like play movie play just the concert scenes i think if you can find a purple rain dvd with that then i would uh recommend picking it up so yeah check it out it's on uh digital rental <laughs> on google play yeah, you can't Voodoo stream this and sodium entertainment <laughs> yes you can stream it for pay that counts right you can stream anything for pay <laughs> you would think so but i was having a lot of trouble uh, acquiring avengers 2 recently okay well uh, avengers for less than 20 dollars <laughs> james spader's in that one right luckily yeah he's ultron luckily i signed up for a free trial with stars so try your free trial of stars today and you can watch i don't know outlander <laughs> you will get stars so you can watch outlander <laughs> there's my there's my recommendation of the week <laughs> so the first episode it was okay I, yeah i bet it was i'll check it out i'll get stars it's like game of thrones with uh less fighting and also it's actual history sort of but with time travel and more sex <laughs> I mean, it, it's actual history with time travel i don't know if that counts it kind of sounds better than game of thrones well i mean like they're they're like real historical it's like a real it's like a real time period it's not like a fantasy yeah, land okay so i guess I, I maybe historical wasn't the right word no nah, i know what you're saying although i did convince someone in high school that dragons existed except for them game of thrones would be uh, historical. Is that is that true? Did you tell? Did you convince? Yeah, them? I I said they were talking about how like birds came from raptors or what, I don't know whatever the hell you know you, we've all seen the Jurassic Park special features okay <laughs> and then I was like saying yeah it's a similar thing how like you know geese came from dragons and this girl was like what and I was like yeah you know dragon they found some dragon bones in Utah but they had feathers so it's not like you know <laughs> and she was like whoa so yeah <laughs> alright so. so dragons are real <laughs> Uh, get your stars trial. Um, I'd love to keep talking about all this stuff, but people keep yelling pizza in, in, where I'm recording this I'm so right sorry. now. I think it's time for pizza. So you know, I, I, if you're listening to this, you know maybe you should you should get some pizza, listen to a Prince album, and just kind of reflect. And I think that's the best way to enjoy life. Um. I'd like to thank Colin for for joining us on Stream Police. 
Yeah, I wish I had watched this movie more recently. So <laughs> you're good. You're good. If you know the songs, you know the movies. Oh, yeah. You remember the. That's that's like the good parts. If anything, you've forgotten the bad parts. So you had the best experience. I, I kind of remember the bad Oh, no, part. I just found out this was nominated for two Razzies. But that's bullshit, because they, they were both, like, for her, weren't they? It was like, oh, she's the Apollina, worst. Apollina, yeah. She was fine, okay? You're not seeing the forest for the trees if you think the problem with Purple Rain was her performance. Prince got, Prince got an Oscar. That's so weird. Prince got, an, Prince got an Oscar. And then it got two Razzie nominations. Has that ever happened before? I know that sure uh, Morris Day got a Peabody Award for this. Which <laughs> is weird. <laughs> I don't know what. Well deserved. <laughs> Walked up and just put it in his big jacket. And somebody held up a mirror to him when he was accepting it, and he did his hair, and then the mirror guy accepted it with him. Exactly. All right, so there you go. Um, like I said, get some pizza. Uh, <laughs> you know, listen to some Prince. Watch some Prince clips. <laughs> Got a good evening. Michael, do you have any last words? I would die for all of you, Stream Police listeners. Mm.